0: Do you think that pro-lifers just need to push birth control? If so, this is the episode for you. Come debrief with us. Hello, my name is Maggie, and I'm here with Seth and Ethan, and we're debriefing pro-life outreach. Seth, do you have an outreach highlight for us today?
1: Sure thing. So this takes a little bit of backstory, maybe, but I think some of our listeners know about the push to make abortion legal through all nine months in Ohio, that there are pro-abortion groups trying to change our state constitution to make it a fundamental right in our founding document. So anyhow, last week, there was a hearing at the state house, and I don't know when this will be on the podcast, so it might be out of out of date by then. But there was an effort to raise our threshold to make it require 60% of the vote for the people to change our state constitution. So this would make it harder to put abortion in the constitution. Backstory, but here's what's important. I was at the state house where the atrium was filled with pro-abortion people chanting, screaming about how they're so angry about raising the threshold to 60%, requiring a bigger number of votes to put abortion in our constitution. And so they were all up like shouting, screaming. And then one lady got up to give a speech. Her speech was so interesting to me. She said she was so mad because like 100 years ago on this date, when I was there at the state house, someone gave personhood rights to corporations. And she was mad that you'd give personhood rights to corporations. And she's a pro-abortion woman. So I thought this is intriguing because we are all yeah. about personhood and about, you know, humans being people and not, I guess, corporations, right? So I chased her down afterwards and said, hey, tell me more about this. And She said, well, yes, the Supreme Court decided so many years ago. That corporations can get personhood rights, and I said that's a problem, isn't it? She said, "Yes, that's a problem." Then I said, "So who do you think are persons?" She said, "Well, people who are born of other people are persons. Like if you can think or feel, then you're a person." I thought, "Okay, same old functionalism." But then she said, "No, even if you're in a coma, you're a person." So I guess all humans are people. I thought, "Wow, cool." So I said, "Wait, so you say all humans are people?" She said, "Yes, I do." And I said, "Well, hang on. Pro-lifers say that you would say that unborn humans aren't people. So how do you square that?" She said, "Oh." You're one of those abortion people, right? I'm done talking to you. Oh, <laughs> so was, she actually kept chatting for a little while, but we oh. never really resolved this issue. But I thought it was fascinating seeing her grapple with this whole personal question like we always want to. So,
0: Wow. That's disappointing she walked away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our clip today is going to be about birth control. And as far as I know, I don't think that we've ever done a whole episode just focusing on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'll correct me if I'm wrong, I guess, yeah, I'll I put it remember. in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, but this is from one of our recent road trips, and this was in West Virginia, I think, at Marshall University, so let's get into it. Uh, I just think it's kind of sad. I mean, like, let people feel how they feel. Doing this is not going to do anything besides hurt people's feelings and make people upset. Well, that's actually not true. We um, r- not? we routinely get mind changes, which is good because their children are being killed by abortion. We want to try to protect no. them all we can. Maybe then you should push birth control to college kids instead of complete abstinence because has abstinence in education helped birth rates go down at all? Um, maybe the way it's been taught hasn't, but abstinence always um, keeps people I mean, from getting pregnant, I mean, of, course, of course. But yeah, if you so. really want to decrease abortions, I feel like maybe you should advocate birth control instead of just well, whatever this is supposed to be. Like, what are you guys trying
1: to... Okay, cut off kind of abruptly there. So, Maggie, can you kind of summarize for us what happened in the clip?
0: Yeah, I thought it would include the last word she was asking like what are we trying to push oh I see and I think right after that I told her this was my clip if you couldn't tell I was just telling her like we're out here to show the humanity of preborn children and because people need to see what is actually happening to them in an abortion but it was interesting she kind of as- seems to assume that our big thing is pushing abstinence which sure we'll do that if it comes up in a conversation but that's not really our goal to talk about like birth control and like how not to get pregnant. Our goal is to educate on the humanity of the preborn and their value. and then hopefully that will lead people to be more careful about I mean um, it's their... like of
1: course, like we would we want to people to have healthy practices and lifestyles overall, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it's almost it's just like other things there's so much we could talk about that we're focusing on the the urgent need of babies dying. That yeah. doesn't negate the possibility of talking about. Uh, the dangerous, immoral, unethical, and de- uh, spiritually depraved sexual practices of people. By any means, we can talk about those things, but your point is that that's not our first topic. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got you.
0: And yeah, we'll definitely talk about those other things because lots of other things will come up in sure. these kinds of conversations, of course. But
1: yeah can I just say her first, the, the first thing that struck me, Maggie, from that is she said you're just upsetting people. Was she upset when she came and talked to you?
0: No, I mean, the, her demeanor in that clip was like how she was the whole way. Pretty chill, but just disagreeing with how we were doing it.
1: It's kind of funny that she was saying you're just upsetting people. She didn't seem very upset by her own voice. <laughs> yeah, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> but I always find that so interesting when people say that you're just upsetting people. Like, I don't think they get what our goal is, right? I mean, we're not there to make people happy or to get them to join our club of any kind. Right. I mean, what do, would you say our goal is, Ethan, in our outreaches?
2: Our goal is to change people's minds on the topic of abortion. And sometimes when you're changing someone's minds, it's going to upset them.
1: Didn't you guys in like middle school see pictures of the Holocaust? I was in eighth grade when they showed us that happened to you guys. Well, were you homeschooled? Yeah. Okay, so it's probably different. Yeah. Were you homeschooled too? Uh, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, so in public school, we were showed eighth grade. Were you ever shown yeah. these pictures as, as a young? I know. At
2: some point, I think. Yeah. I know it was young.
1: Okay, well, in eighth grade, they showed them all. It was, I think, part of our curriculum, right? We all yeah. had a Holocaust unit, and they said, we're going to show you these pictures. It's upsetting. We want you to honestly be upset by it. Right, because never again should this happen in humankind's history that we should do this to a people group because of merely yeah. their ethnicity.
0: And it's good for us to be upset
1: about right.
2: horrible things.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, is it bad? That, I mean, not that our goal is to make people upset, but I want them to be rightly upset at abortion. Is that mm-hmm. bad? No, no that's not bad at
2: all. And especially in our culture where there's so much, you know, tolerance and "quote unquote" love and feel good type junk that's being passed around the idea that you should be upset by something can be foreign to people but at the same time it's also not foreign to people. <laughs> it's this weird <laughs> dichotomy where i don't want to be upset about these things but i am going to be upset by these things and you should be too
1: well, because it's like this it's sub- a double standard curated list here are the things you can be upset right. about these yeah. things don't think about right so You are approved, allowed to be upset about certain things in our culture, but not other things. Uh And we are saying cut through all that junk And here. Let's look at the truth of abortion. Decide for yourself. Should you be upset or not about dismembered people? You decide.
0: And that's why that's what we focus on. Yeah. We have to show the pictures. So Mm -hmm. bringing it back to birth control. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Just a short answer or a, a basic answer. Why don't we push
1: birth control? Can you define birth control? I'm sorry, yeah. we have to before yeah. we're yeah. going to answer. Okay,
0: well, uh, in my notes, I'm including later on, like talking about hormonal birth control. Mm. But before that, like, why don't we even just push non hormonal?
1: So I have two reasons I would give one pragmatic, one more holistic, or the word maybe pragmatically pushing all the birth control methods. Leaving aside the whole question of are they ethical, just pushing all the means of birth control, people will not stop abortion. Mm -hmm. There have been a lot of studies done. I can't pull it out of my head right now, but I heard it from Scott Klusendorf in one of his debates, and maybe I can find it. We can put it in the show notes. But he referenced a study that showed that many women, when they were surveyed after having abortion, they said that they had birth control methods in their hands they chose in the heat of the moment not to use it or they used it incorrectly because again the heat of the moment what was going on and so they had it with them it's not a lack of access mm-hmm. the problem is a lack of responsibility they're making dangerous unhealthy sexual choices leading to creation of babies in not good relationships right yeah. and so it's pushing all the pills and condoms on people is not going to stop abortion we well, you know i think statistics do show i think it's one out of five times condoms fail to prevent pregnancy because, again, incorrect usage or other reasons, right? So Mm -hmm. it's just not going to work. You're still going to have to, at the end of the day, face this question. Maybe fewer babies will be made, maybe, but you still have to face the fundamental question, is it right or wrong to purposefully kill the people who are made Mm -hmm. even through the use of birth control methods? Mm -hmm. We also know on the pill, women still experience breakthrough ovulation and get pregnant even on the pill. So we still have to ask, what are we going to do? So that's my first point, pragmatically. Secondly, I think we have to remember that we want to save babies but we think that all people matter born and preborn so i do not want to save babies in a way that is pushing dangerous practices on their parents and i know that when i tell if if i were to tell people you know if i were to give them something that encourages them to have unhealthy sexual practices maybe i would stop the creation of babies but i'm harming those people mm-hmm. by encouraging them to engage in unhealthy sexual practices my conscience will not allow that mm-hmm. yeah. what do you guys think
0: Well, I think that promoting birth control would just be to promote promiscuity and, Mm -hmm. and we are to be righteous in all we do by the grace of God. And so pushing something that will obviously lead people, encourage them to sin is not something that we want to be part of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that may, may mean that it's, we're pushing something more difficult for people. And we're not saying that you should just be able to Or we're saying that you should not be allowed to just have sex whenever and however you want. And that's going to be a sacrifice that people are going to have to make. But yeah, we we shouldn't be pushing for a sinful lifestyle.
2: Yeah, when I talk to people, I like to to tell them, well, number one, that I oppose any birth control that runs the risk of killing an innocent human being, like Mm -hmm. the pill and other birth controls like that. And I was like, if you can use a birth control that has a 100% non-failure rate where it will for sure prevent fertilization, then I was like, I might be okay with you using that. But morally and from a worldview stance, I would oppose that because like you said, that's going to encourage promiscuity and sinfulness. Mm-hmm.
1: I think. And, th- th- sorry, go ahead, Maggie. Oh, sorry. I
0: was just gonna say further. That's even going to lead to not only is it going to lead to people having more sex outside of marriage, but it, like you said, Seth, it's not always going to work. And mm-hmm. so that will actually lead to more abortions yeah. than if people were just practicing abstinence. And I know this one was saying, like, if you're teaching abstinence, like that's not going to stop people from doing it. But if we could, like, I think that people, I can hold people to a higher standard and and encourage them, like, yes, you can do this. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I think there's a couple of things we need to um, take into account here as well, and that is that this is an issue uh, we're going to get to a lot of the depths in a moment of the aborted fashion nature of some of the birth control methods. I know you have that in your plan, Maggie. This is an issue where there is some disagreement among pro-lifers, right? Mm-hmm. We all are united to get around one principle, and that is it is always wrong to intentionally kill innocent humans. Abortion does that, Thus, abortion is wrong. We recognize that there are some disagreement in the camp that a pro-lifers about certain issues, and one of them may mm-hmm. be the birth control methods do not run the risk of harming an innocent pre-born person. Right. Our Catholic friends would say, for example, that... Any birth control method that is going to separate the procreative and unitive, unitive natures of sexual intercourse are by nature immoral. And I recognize that they hold that view. Yeah. And I think that's consistent in their worldview. So I think we just need to uh, take a step back and recognize there is some disagreement here. What we're discussing is, good, is important, though, for us to be all engaging in this dialogue. So I recognize there are some differences on this. But I think taking a step back then asking then, the person even asking you this question, Maggie, Ethan raised issue of worldview, which is really important here. Someone who says that just push birth control methods and stop babies from being made, they're assuming a certain type of worldview, I think, and that is the naturalistic, materialistic worldview that we are merely physical beings, right? And so if you could just stop babies from being made, hey, you've won your, your goal. That's not our goal. Our goal is trying to reshape and reform culture, be a more just moral society Mm -hmm. and so we have more at stake here than merely physical beings and i think we can demonstrate that this is true that there is more than physical beings by just talking about sex in general i was at columbus state years ago doing our pro-life outreach and somehow this topic came up birth control and some girl was asking me why we're not just pushing pills on people pushing condoms on people and i explained kind of what we said so far that it's not going to stop baby all babies from being made we still have to ask what do we do with them and Is it dangerous for people to push birth control on them? She told me, well, sex is just physical. It's not really anything beyond that. I said, oh, really? Mm -hmm. So you don't have any memories attached to all of your sexual encounters? She said, well, I guess I do. I said, well, are any of those bad memories? Yeah, I guess they are, and I guess I have some bad feelings about them. I said, okay, so that points to the fact that we are more than physical. Mm-hmm. And so if we just are promiscuous, as you're saying, Maggie, we give condoms left and right say, hey, go have sex with all the people you want to, we are encouraging them, even if you're not a Christian, you can recognize, we're encouraging them to engage in a lifestyle that will bring bad memories and is harmful to them, even if you reject the idea of sin, which we know is, we know sin is real and you are harming yourself spiritually, even if you reject that, you can recognize this is unhealthy for people. So we should not push that.
2: hmm
0: Yeah. And I think to add on to that, it's not a healthy lifestyle. It's also, it's not a healthy lifestyle for the people engaging in that, but it's also, it it promotes a mindset that does not value children. Mm. Just saying like, this is something we want to avoid at all costs or not at all costs maybe, but when people have this mindset that they're doing this to avoid getting pregnant, to avoid having babies, it's devaluing that baby. If Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to see the value in that baby if they do get pregnant.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, there's the the mindset of I am in control, right? And so if this fails, I'm still in control, still able to do what I want to do to make the yeah. perfect family I want in my perfect timing, right? And so exactly. abortion can follow along that mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we haven't even gotten into talking about hormonal birth control Mm. super much yet i know someone i used to work with joanna with cbr she did a lot of research on hormonal birth control and just how dangerous it is for women and about how it can potentially kill children once they've already been created like ethan Mm -hmm. already alluded to that being said, I don't really know that much about all the science of it or at least <laughs> when I'm recording, I can't think of it poorly. right. Now. <laughs> but do you, do either of y'all remember like all the like how that works and how we know that it actually could possibly kill a child?
1: Yeah, the American Association of Pro-Life OBGYNs has done great research on this. So APLOG, as you might imagine, it's hard to get funding from secular thinking or progressive thinking groups to study this. So APLOG is the best source I would point people toward. We could put in the show notes some links where they have studied this in detail. And the short answer is, yeah, hormonal methods run the risk of being fashioned, meaning that, yes, they could prevent the baby from ever being made, They could have spermicidal effects, so attacking the sperm. They could prevent ovulation, meaning an egg is never released. And if the egg's not released and the sperm is prevented from getting there, no baby's made because fertilization is when the human being begins to exist. We recognize that, right? But they also affect the mother's uterine lining. And I think... I'm not a woman, but I, I understand from women that this is experienced by women by the change in their menstruation when they're on the pill, right? So there's an effect to the uterine lining, but if the ovulation is not prevented, the sperm is not prevented from getting to the, the, the egg, the baby's created, the changes to the mother's uterine lining can make it hard for baby to implant. Implantation, we know, is about a week, week and a half or so after baby's made. So we have a week, week and a half old baby coming down to her mom's uterus and she cannot attach to the mom's uterine wall, so she is passed out and dies that means that she is killed, right? It may, not be, it may not look the same as a pill abortion or a surgical abortion, but baby is still killed because she's prevented from implanting where she needs to go to get her mother's nourishment protection. That is our concern. So I think it's been said well by Stephanie Gray that like it may it's true that these hormonal methods may not always cause a baby to die, because number one baby may not be made. It's also possible some women on the pill have gotten pregnant and carried baby to term. Some babies can survive even though the mom was on the pill, but the mere fact that some could survive that way does not make it justifiable to endanger them. We know that you could, you know, some people can survive for a long time, put in a freezer. Other people, their may their bodies are more susceptible to it, they may die. That doesn't mean you're justified in putting people in a dangerous environment like a freezer to see if they'll survive. It's not justifiable for us to endanger people just because some could survive. So if the, taking these hormonal methods could make it harder for baby to live, we are not justified doing so. That is mm-hmm. at best negligence as a parent. And at worst, if you know it could happen, it is more than negligence. So we would say that if you run the risk of endangering your baby and causing her to die or even endangering her with the possibility she could live, you ought not do that as a parent. So we would say exercise caution. Do not use any hormonal methods like the birth control pill, Deborah provera things like that. And again, APLOG is a better rundown of all the methods. But the big strokes are hormonal methods should not be used.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, and I completely agree with everything you just said. It makes sense to me in my brain. And yet there's still pro-lifers who think that hormonal birth control could be justified even knowing that it has the potential to kill a baby because we take risks all the time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So uh, explain why birth, hormonal birth control is different, why it's not just fall. Even though, even though we go driving all the time, we know we could get in an accident or something else could happen where we or our children are exposed to danger. And I don't think that we should remove all risks from us, of course. Mm -hmm. So why is it different in this case?
2: Well, first of all, the the baby has no say in whether their mom is going to use hormonal birth control or not. This is a decision that the mom is making and causing the baby to run this risk. The baby is not choosing to run this risk on their own. And then just from a, a standpoint of ethics and how we are to go about treating human beings, car manufacturers, when they discover a defect in one of their products, have to issue a recall and fix that issue. They don't get to say, well, it might not hurt people. You know, It's only a one in a 1,000, a one in a 100,000 chance. They have to recall all of the vehicles and, and fix them because they're running the risk of hurting one of their customers. And so in that situation, what we try and do is protect people, even if it's slightly inconvenient. To me, it seems like the same way with hormonal birth control, just because we run a small risk of killing a person Killing innocent people is not an acceptable risk to run Mm. in this situation. And so I think just from thinking about it like that, we shouldn't, that that shouldn't even be on the table. If it runs the risk of killing an innocent child, that option should not be available.
1: Yeah, I think it's well said. I think I would add that when you're doing cost benefit analyses, right, you need to ask who is the risk for and who's going to benefit from it, right? Mm. So, I mean, I don't know, being in this room with the th- four of us right now recording this podcast episode puts us at risk of, I don't know if there's a fire, we have to I rush to get out, right? There's in yeah. danger, but there's also a reason we are all electing to be here together, making the choice and taking that risk together. Or if I get in the car and drive down the road, I am making a decision for my family to drive them down the roads and my children, I guess, are not able to just say, no, I don't want to go because they're under my authority. I, mm-hmm. I do get that, but we are all benefiting from a trip to the grocery store or whatever. So we're sharing the risk, sharing the benefit. If I decide to use a hormonal birth control method, the risk is entirely on the baby's side. Now, as you said, there are some effects to the mom as well. I suppose she might share in some of those. But generally speaking, the baby is the one whose life is in danger by using a hormonal birth control method. And the benefit is entirely on my side and the the woman because we are the ones enjoying sex and not having the risk of dying. So we have all the benefits. Baby has all the risks. That seems unfair to me, right, that we get all the benefits. Baby gets all the all the risks. I would say it's not a fair cost-benefit analysis, mm. unlike driving on the road where we're all going to get food, all share the risk, but all benefit together. So I think it's unjustifiable.
0: Okay yeah Uh, further with the driving example i think of hormonal birth control kind of comparable to drunk driving Mm. because you are doing something that if you drink and drive you know that that causes more risk to you and those around you
2: the amount of risk
0: yeah and and that's why it's wrong to do that and everyone accepts that that is wrong to drink and drive Mm -hmm. whereas if you're just sober and driving and if everyone is and if everyone is obeying the rules of the road unless there's like some crazy thing that just happens with your car i have a friend whose car blew up and whatever (laughs) but like by and large if you're obeying the rules of the road paying attention nothing is going to happen there's not large risk for 99 percent or whatever the statistic is Mm -hmm. of accidents it's because someone did something that they were not supposed to do yeah it's not just some fluke with their car So,
1: well, that's a good point. Also, makes think I mean, could compare to drinking while pregnant, right? So when you drink while pregnant, there's a risk to your baby, right? But drinking a lot, there's a lot of your baby can even die or get fetal alcohol syndrome, right? So the mom can by consuming alcohol while pregnant is getting a benefit to herself and the baby is the one risking. And I think we all, we all look at the mom who drinks while pregnant a lot and think, well, that's not right. She shouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. So why is it okay for her to take this drug in her body of a hormonal birth control method that could hurt the baby? If that's okay, why is it wrong for her to drink, take a different drug in her body to a great extent hurt the baby?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think one that we need to wrestle with, especially if we collectively <laughs> are someone who agrees yeah. with Hormonal birth control. Mm-hmm. But sadly, that is all the time we have left for today. Maybe we should do another episode because I actually had more notes of things. I know. We didn't even talk, talk about, about
1: abstinence training, right? Yeah. <laughs> how Planned Parenthood gets money for teen pregnancy and they haven't fixed it yet. So there's more to talk about some other time. All right. Evil.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, to summarize, uh, we'll leave some of those resources in the show notes that Seth and maybe Ethan and I, I don't know, talked about with a plug and everything. But Ethan, if someone comes to you and asks you why you as a pro-lifer are not pushing birth control, what are you going to tell them?
2: I would say that because it is wrong to intentionally kill innocent human beings, we should never use a practice or a medicine that runs the risk of killing innocent pre-born children, and also for birth control that does not run that risk, that I do not support that because I not only care about pre-born children, but I also care about their born parents, and I do not want to encourage them to use something which will enable them to sin and hurt themselves through promiscuity
0: good yeah and i think that sums up this episode really well so with that being said please go leave us a five star review and that will help us get this show in front of more ears and thank you for debriefing with us